0: Hi! Thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. I've talked to some pre-believers who have said, it seems like there are a lot of shall nots if you are going to try to follow God. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal etc. We all know the list. Those are all scriptural and very true and valuable. But the shall nots is not where it ends. Jesus didn't die just so I could not do things. Second Corinthians five twenty one says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Sin had to be dealt with forever for us to be reconciled with God. But then, so that, we can't forget about that, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We have to remember what happened next. It's so that we could become his righteousness. Ultimately, Jesus died unto something, unto life, unto you, not just living to try to not do things that you shouldn't, but to be able to do things. But more importantly, to be who he created you to be. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Another version says, He prepared in advance for us to do. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, or until Jesus' return. Removing sin is only the beginning. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, he died so you could. You could have life and have life abundant. Some are so focused on what they aren't, what they haven't accomplished, what they can't do, that they miss who they are and what they have accomplished and what they can do. Don't focus on what you're not supposed to do or who you aren't. Focus on who you are. And what you are supposed to do. Don't not cheat on your spouse by thinking over and over again, I can't cheat, I can't cheat. No, pour into your marriage. You do the things that strengthen it. Fill up on the do's and let the don'ts fall to the wayside. What we need to be doing is asking Holy Spirit, what are those good works that that verse Philippians one six talked about? What are those things that you created for me in advance? So let's actually activate that right now. Let's just take a moment and hear from Holy Spirit. The reason why I created Holy Spirit Feed, the podcast, is not just so that you could get good teaching in scripture, but so that you can learn how to hear from God. I recently heard someone say, people don't just want to hear about God, they actually want to hear God. And so that's why we do so many activations, inviting Holy Spirit to speak to us personally, and show us how he would have us respond to him. So go ahead and close your eyes and we're gonna ask Holy Spirit a question. Holy Spirit, what's one of the good works you created for me? So go ahead if you need to and pause this and just make a note of what Holy Spirit showed you. You know, people don't ask when they see you or run into you somewhere. They don't ask, how are you not doing? (laughs) They ask, how are you doing? You don't say, well, I'm not sick and I haven't died yet. I'm not unemployed. No, you say, I'm doing good. I'm alive. I'm somewhat healthy. You know, as you get older, somewhat healthy is actually pretty good. (laughs) Or they say, I've been working a lot. I started a new project or a business. I'm involved in a new ministry. We're not just here to get saved and sit in the back of the church and wait to die. No, get saved, start your relationship with Jesus. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Now you get to fill in the blank. As believers, we should be the happiest people on the planet. We have so many opportunities to walk in the Spirit in the gifts of the Spirit, to do good works. Some say, yeah, well, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you get to. Do I have to evangelize? No, you get to. We need to cultivate an I get to culture in the body of Christ. Believers should be far more radical and excited about what we get to do now that we are born again, new creations. We have the spirit of the living God inside of us. So we get to do all kinds of amazing things. Stop working on your old man. He died when you became a believer. The old is gone. The new has come. Don't spend time and effort trying to not do something. Your old man is dead and buried. God already knows that. He wants you to know it and believe it. So start working on the new you. That's actually who you are now. Not a sinner, but a saint. What does a saint do? What does a saint look like? I'm not saying be in denial. If you have an addiction or you need counseling or something, you need help, admit it and get it. But focus more on the person, that new creation, you, that is alive in Christ. God has a plan for you. How many know that? Psalm 139, 16 says, You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Romans 8:28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's his plan. He's working behind the scenes far more than we realize. In Psalm 23, many know this passage. Verse 1, it starts out with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Okay, let's talk about this. It says in that last verse, this is for his namesake. His name is on the line. He is invested in making sure that you be all that you can be. Fulfill your kingdom purpose. So do something. Well, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work out? So what? (laughs) At least you did something. And if God is for you, who can be against you we're talking about stepping out and taking a risk maybe talking to somebody you don't know in our culture a lot of times people would say oh don't go talk to that person you don't know them they'll think you're weird you know those commercials with um, their progressive insurance commercials there's a teacher's his name's dr rick and he's teaching adults not to become their parents right there's this one Where this guy's at a grocery store, and the teacher's telling the guy, who's, you know, becoming his dad, basically. (laughs) He says, hey, don't talk to that deli worker about the meat slices. And then he's like, don't talk to that manager. And then the guy talks to the bagger in the parking lot, and the teacher's like, nope. You know, those are really funny commercials. They really are. But in reality, if you feel like God is highlighting someone, go talk to them. Give them an encouraging word. Share something positive that God showed you about them. What do you have to lose? You know what? Your life, it may be already boring anyway. So, hey, shake it up. Do something. Talk to somebody. Make it more interesting. You might say, well, that's not cool to do that. That might look weird, just like that progressive commercial talks about. Well, you know what? Newsflash, you're probably already not cool. (laughs) No, I'm totally kidding. You're cool. But you'd be more cool if you were obedient to the Lord and reached out to others. Get the full use of the cross. It is for freedom that he set you free. So be free indeed. Do what God has called you to do. Go to the nations or to the grocery store and make disciples. Come on. That's what we're here for. Most of you know that talent story in the Bible. So in the Bible, a talent was money or currency. And I don't have time to go into the whole story today, but basically there were three servants and they were each given different amounts of talents. Two of the servants took the money they got and they invested it and they got a good return. One person buried it and got nothing. Let's just say it didn't go well for that person. So don't bury your talents. There's a double meaning here. It's don't bury your money, invest it into the kingdom, and spend or use your talents for kingdom purposes, and get a good return on your investment. Luke six thirty-eight says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What is the saying? It's saying it's your choice how much you get back. It's according to your measure. If you quit worrying about what is not happening and start giving your resources, your time, your effort to do something, there's a payoff. You will receive back. You might think, well, I shouldn't do something just to get something. Yes, you should. We're not talking about doing something out of selfish motives. We're talking about the fact that we live in a kingdom of rewards. Hebrews eleven six says, He rewards those who earnestly seek him. You are not a wretch anymore. You are a saint. It's okay to put in effort to work toward a kingdom reward. Kingdom rewards are not just stored up in heaven. They are here too. Remember heaven on earth. That's not possible without a reward on earth. We receive salvation by grace, not by works. But then we become workers or laborers once you're saved you're now a laborer you're not striving but you put in effort matthew 3 verses 37 through 38 this is jesus speaking it says then he said to his disciples the harvest truly is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest the harvest is plenty but pray for the laborers Don't let the spirit of lazy get on you. If you realize it has, get rid of it. If you aren't working towards your goals or the things that you think God has for you, maybe you've put that dream on a shelf and it's been ignored too long. It's time to dust it off and do something. Give God something to work with. I say that all the time. But I just heard this phrase recently in a message. I thought it was great, it really links to this concept. It says, you have to give the potter something to work with. Okay, very similar. But in this quote, they're referring to how he is the potter and we are the clay. I like it. Daniel eleven thirty two says, He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. You'll take action if you know your God. And if you aren't taking action... In God's plan for your life, then get to know God. He knows what your next step is. Maybe it's something God put in your heart as a child, but it got shoved out of the way by life, shoved out of the way by the don'ts of life. You know, sometimes adults could really learn from children. It says in Matthew eighteen three, and he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Kids dream. They use their imagination. I refer to it as your sanctified imagination. When you set your imagination aside for the Lord to show you things, to communicate with you. So let's do an activation on that. Let's just become like children and let the Lord use our imagination to reveal things to us. So be prepared to either get a picture from him or he'll give you a scripture verse Or you'll just sense something strongly. You might have a strong feeling. But let's ask, Holy Spirit, what have I put on a shelf that you want me to take down and do? Holy Spirit, what have I put on a shelf that you want me to take down and do? Okay, again, please take some time and write that down. We don't want to forget the things that Holy Spirit is showing us. You know, back to that concept of becoming like children. Adults say things like, don't get your hopes up. That's just your imagination. Ignore that. Don't run too fast. Don't climb that tree. And kids are like, let's go. Let's do this. Let's turn this box into a rocket ship. And other kids are like, okay, come on. That's how kids are. You rarely hear a kid say, don't forget your helmet, don't forget to wash your hands. (laughs) And I'm not suggesting as parents that we don't guide our kids. But, you know, sometimes we need to remind them who they are, not who they aren't. Same with adults, less of what not to do and more of what kingdom risk are we going to take today? And you might be thinking, well, you know, hey, what if I can't take a kingdom risk You know what? In the famous words of my 16-year-old daughter, Maya, those who say they can't, won't. Man, that is so true. We were at dinner one night with another family, and someone referenced something that they wanted to do, but they didn't think they could or they wouldn't be good at. So they said, I can't do that. And then Maya piped in and she said, those who say they can't, won't. And I tell you, that really is stuck with me. Our words are extremely important. They are a rudder for our future. I was watching a show recently, and it's funny how if the Lord's speaking to you about something, then, you know, other things happen to kind of confirm his message. But there was this young man, probably, I don't know, in his early 20s. His name's Rajiv. And he does all sorts of cool, kind of old-fashioned artisan things. He works with his hands, hand carving, like cutting boards and He hand knits like they did back in the day. He draws, he makes candles, he creates like floral arrangements that are just beautiful. He talked about binding his own books. I'm like, what? (laughs) But it's amazing to see a young person with such a deep appreciation for art and design and color and crafting and those older ways of doing things and just really going after life, being who he was created to be and doing works that are awesome. He's just, he's getting after it, really. He's pursuing his calling. So I'm watching this show, and he's working on a project, and he says, don't say you can't do it. You can. And I was like, right on, guy. You got it. Like, this kid doesn't think he can. He knows he can. You probably remember that old story of the little engine that could. Just to recap, the toys and the food, they were on a a train and it broke down or something, and they needed to get to the mountain village for the children. But none of the larger engines that came by would help them. But the little engine that could said, I think I can. I've never been up the mountain before, but I think I can. And we all know how that ends. The little engine who thought it could and said, I think I can, did. So don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. You may have heard the saying that you need to have a can-do attitude. When I was a teenager, I bought a friend of mine, (laughs) an inflatable toucan bird, and it had a sign that said, if any toucan, we can. (laughs) Come on, that was a cool gift. Well, at least it was when I was a teenager. Anyway, also, there's a place in our area, and it's called the Can-Do Kitchen. It's a place that helps entrepreneurs start a food-based business. I love the name, the Can-Do Kitchen. They're onto something there. We talked earlier about speaking out the right words to guide yourself forward. I can do it. I think I can. Saying the words, I think I can, will help you do. You ever notice if you look at your problems long enough, they grow, and the doubt will take you out? We need to kick doubt out. Start looking at the answer to your problems instead, the things you can do. Then problems, the don't this or the don't that, and the I can'ts, they just begin to shrink. Speaking of things that shrink, there's a passage in Hebrews 10, verses 38 and 39, and it says, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. That's us. We do not shrink back. We do not look at the don'ts. We speak faith. I think I can. I can do it. And I will do it. You know that old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, in closing, I'm going to challenge you to take some more time to turn your eyes upon Jesus and ask God to show you more about that thing he showed you earlier in the activations. Maybe it was one thing, maybe it was two. Just ask him about that thing that he's been dying to talk to you about, that he actually literally did die so he could talk to you about it. Philippians 3.13 Says, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Ask the Lord what lies ahead for you. And make a commitment today to say, I think I can.